welcome to wrong. <laughs> Ooh, that was like sultry. No, keep going. Oh yeah, keep going. Yeah. Welcome to Wrong Opinions Only with your host Kayla and Justin. I gave your name first today for you some You did. Reason. I appreciate that. Should I just know? cut this whole thing or just keep it rolling? I love it. I love it. You love uh, it. All yeah, right. let's go right into it. Uh, what are we talking about this week? I'm excited. The Batman. Ooh yeah, the Batman. Eh, no, no. Okay, the look you're giving me is that's not great. All right. We're talking about Batman this week. We did see the Batman, so in a few minutes we'll be discussing a review of the film, what we thought. It's still in theater, so people are still seeing it, so we'll give you some spoiler warnings when it comes. But I just want to talk generally about Batman. What is your favorite Batman movie? Well, I think the obvious answer here is The Dark Knight. Yes, I agree. Um, The Dark Knight was just so good. Every performance was just top-notch. And I might be out... Like, on a limb here, the Batman is either number two or three for me. I agree. It is up there. I really enjoyed it. Um, if you start going back to the older movies, I, how many of these have you seen? Have you seen all the, like, official Batman? We don't need to get into Justice League or the Lego movie I or the animated I did see. One. So I went back. I, I got to admit, I we weren't a Batman household, my household. So I didn't see a lot of the early Batman. So I had to go back in time. Um, and I did watch a little bit of, uh, Adam West. I'm not gonna lie. I wanted to see the camp. I wanted to see like the comic humor of it and I enjoyed it. Um, I didn't see George Clooney as Batman. I must admit. Yeah, I think that's kind of the consensus. A lot of people were like, eh, George Clooney is Batman. But I was surprised by Michael Keaton. I enjoyed his Batman. So I, I kind of got into that. Part of me wonders if how when you got into Batman matters. You know, were you did you grow up on the TV show with Adam West? Is that was that your intro and you liked it or the comics? Is it if you didn't get into it till the Dark Knight? Is the Dark Knight your favorite? I wonder if that's a factor. What do you think? I think it's definitely a factor. I think uh, us is kind of like the middle of the millennials. Yeah. Right. Our our main Batman is gonna be the Christian Bale version. Yep. Right. But I do remember watching the ones with, uh, you know, jo- with the ones that Joel Schumacher did, right? Where you had George Clooney and then you had Val Kilmer for Batman yes. Forever. So I vaguely remember watching those okay. when I was young. And I know I had all the toys. I, you know, watched some of the cartoons, not the Adam West, like super campy cartoons, yes, yeah. but the advanced ones since then. And I'll tell you, I was super excited for the movies when they came out, especially Batman and Robin in 97. I was like, this is great. I got all the toys. There's Mr. Freeze. There's Poison Ivy. This is amazing. I'm so excited. And that is probably panned as the worst movie of the Batman series. Really? Okay, okay. That's still on my list. I plan on seeing it. Um, But yeah, Batman, I mean, I too watched the cartoons. Uh, Mark Hamill's Joker, hilarious. Like... But I can't say that like on my list of Batmans or list of Batmans. My list of superheroes, Batman was number one. What about you? Where does Batman rank on your superhero list? He's at the top because for me, I've always been a fan of realism. Mm -hmm. And we'll talk about that when we get into the movie review for this The Batman movie. But it was always cool to me that this was a dude. This was a guy. He didn't have superpowers, but he was a superhero because he was smart. He had a lot of money. Yes, rich. And, you know, he could fight. And it's like, oh, this is something anybody could do. You know, if you were a billionaire who had awesome super fighting skills and was brilliant, you know, a little easier said than done. Mm -hmm. But in my mindset, 
it's like this is more to, of an obtainable goal. Like this is super cool to root for somebody that is actually a person that could get hurt as opposed to a Superman who can just do everything and can't really get hurt except for kryptonite. So I never really was a Superman fan. I, I definitely yeah. veered towards Batman. Towards Batman, yeah. I think for me, you know, prior to the seeing the Batman, the Gotham and its villains were sometimes more interesting to me than Batman itself just because there were so many rich villains that you knew, even if you weren't watching a lot of Batman TV, cartoons, etc. Um, you know, like the Joker. I feel like Joker's universal, you know. the that universe has such a rich villain history, um, demented and such. And so I always liked just like being in the city of Gotham, seeing their villains, seeing them not having these powers, you know, like you're saying in some of these other comics. But yeah, Batman, he's getting higher in my esteem at having seen this buzz, this kind of revampment. I think after the Dark Knight series, people just were afraid to touch it. You know, it was so highly regarded um i mean so much so that they expanded the best picture you mm -hmm. know because of it um uh, because of the love for it and so this is a dc movie that we're about to talk about how do you feel about dc movies in general are they wrong is the flack they get online worth it is that right yeah i think yeah. it's correct they have completely dropped the ball so far um i haven't really been a fan of any dc movie that's come out before the batman um, unless I'm missing one here, but like the Suicide Squads, the Justice Leagues, like not big fans of it's I like some of the characters. I was excited, especially for the initial Suicide Squad. And I was just uh, kind of disappointed when I actually watched the movie, which my wife would probably have my head for since it's weirdly one of her favorite she movies She loves the Suicide she Squad really and it's one of my favorite facts about her. Um, yeah, I just think, you know... When Wonder Woman came out, I it felt like, yes, this is the turning point because to me it was such a well-crafted film that I was just like, yes, you hit everything I wanted and more. And when the second one came out, I was, I mean, I was so excited. I have the poster hanging in my house. And yet when I saw it, I was so disappointed. It's like they took everything good from the first film and just changed it, just altered it, just dropped it, lost it. And I'm still upset about it. And so it's like every time they get some sort of momentum going, they ruin it with like a Batman versus Superman, you know, where honestly, I think Wonder Woman was the only good part of that film. And that's not saying much in that film. So yeah, I just think DC, you know, we'll talk about whether they kind of are on the up and up with the Batman, but I just feel like they, in comparison to Marvel and what they've been able to do, it's, it's just no comparison. Yeah, I completely agree. I was uh, had a little hope after... It feels so weird that we keep saying The Batman. I know. Because that's the name of the movie. <laughs> I feel like an old person that can't remember something, like the Facebook, you know? Yes, yep. But it is true. They, they've dropped the ball, but I have hope after this one. Christopher Reeves really kind of crushed it in what he, he did in this one, and I was excited about it, and hopefully he kind of stays on for you some You mean of, Matt Reeves? I just want to clarify. Oh yeah, I was looking. At, <laughs> I'm looking at um, um, Batman versus Superman. Uh, yes. Thinking old Superman. Um, yeah, Matt Reeves, and I think he was uh, very creative in what he did here. Hopefully, we can kind of have some more of that creativity and let the directors and the writers run with it and stay away from some of the campy stuff and yes. really dig into the surrounding area. How does it tie in with 
the bigger universe. It's not like Marvel where it's this massive multiverse where everything ties in together. But there are components where Batman can be tied into a lot of the other characters Mm -hmm. in a more seamless way. Like, it seems like the way they've been doing it is kind of like shoehorning stuff in just because they have the IP and want to throw it together. Yeah, I completely agree. Now, we've talked a lot about general discussion about Batman, but listen, let's put the back signal up and let's get started talking about the Batman. All right, so as Justin stated, Matt Reeves directed it. He also wrote it, along with Paul Craig. Came out in 2022, specifically March 4th. Um, Notable stars, of course, you have Robert Pattinson playing Batman, Zoe Kravitz playing Catwoman. You have Paul Dano, Jeffrey Wright, Andy Sarkin, Peter Sarsgaard, Colin Farrell, many more. Uh, Box office gross, honestly, this number's counting, so it's going to change week to week. But it's a budget of about 185 to $200 Box office gross last I looked was four hundred seventy nine point two million and counting. Ooh, yeah, it's only still been out going a few up. Weeks. Correct, still going up. Rotten Tomato score is eighty five percent, but like I said, people are still going out to see it. Um, so that number could change. I would reason it could go even higher. Um, so initial thoughts: What did we feel and think going into see the Batman again? Almost a three hour film. I was nervous. Which we saw it together. Yes, we did see it together at one of those nice theaters where you can sit down yes. and theoretically order food except for (laughs) they didn't allow us to because we were too late but i was a little intimidated two hours 56 minutes robert pattinson as Mm -hmm. batman like come on i i don't know how i feel about this and i was wrong like i was intimidated but by the time i left that movie theater i was pretty pumped about it and i was fine with a three-hour time what about you? Yes. Um, I was a little worried that, kind of like when we went, went to see Licorice Pizza, which is a longer movie, halfway through the film, I was aware of the time I was spending yep. watching it, and I was like, how much sooner is the end? This film, well, I, I had known it was going on a while, there was enough action, even in the quieter moments, that I was in it the whole time. You know, I wasn't trying to rush it. I was just enjoying you know, whatever moment we were at. So it made me less aware of time in this film just because it was so good plot-wise and just character building. Yeah, the pacing was was really good. You know, a lot of people are saying this, but it was basically a crime movie, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's you're trying to solve the crime. You're trying to find the killer here. It had some kind of hints. I don't know if you've seen the movie Seven. What's in the box? Yes, yes. But it had kind of a feel to that, like a dark, a gritty, like, how are we going to find this kind of mastermind behind everything? And that was the kind of primary plot point with Batman in there as the, like, basically lead detective, right? Yes. So it was an interesting way that they did it. And I'm very surprised that it kind of three hours didn't seem too overwhelming by the time we got out. I felt like towards the end, it dragged a Mm -hmm. little bit. Uh, just because there were a few spots where I was like, oh, this seems like the end of the movie. Right. And, it and wasn't... Then, then I look at my watch, I'm like, oh, there's still 30 minutes or 45 minutes left. Where are they going to go from here? So it mm-hmm. kind of kept building at the end, which by the conclusion of the movie, I was completely fine with. But at the moment, I was like, oh, that would have been a really cool spot to right, stop, right. you know? I, uh, you know, I went into it 
you know, like you said, the buzz around it when it first was announced that Robert Pattinson would be playing Batman, they were re- they were going to do their own version of it. And I saw the jokes online and I just was like, I don't see it. They talked about, of course, Robert Pattinson reminds me of Andrew Garfield and like, listen, this guy's, a, you know, into characters and he wasn't working out for this film. He wasn't bulking up. He was doing his version of Batman. Um, and how that came across is this kind of, uh, I mean, the film was dark. He's a lot of people are calling him emo Batman. I yeah. argue that Batman is the most emo. But of the superheroes. hair swoosh, Kayla. The, the hair makeup, swoosh. the makeup around the eyes, like this, like you know, puzzling over his computers, like get away, Alfred. Like, yeah, what he, a dick. He's a dick. He is kind of yeah, yeah. Um, let's talk about Robert Pattinson as Batman because I have some mixed feelings on it, and I want to know what you think. Really? Um, mm-hmm. As Batman, I think he crushed it. I think he was he was Batman 90% of the movie. There wasn't a lot yes. of Bruce Wayne going no. on in here, so it's tough to kind of uh, criticize him on that aspect. But I love kind of the way they framed it, where this is young Batman. He's only been at this for a year or two, right? So he's still getting into the game. He's still raw. He doesn't have all the cool, fancy gadgets and toys that these more experienced Batman of the past have had. He's learning. He's developing his relationship with Gordon, but it's still fairly new. And I just kind of love that he got his ass kicked a little bit some Mm -hmm. of the time, and he seemed kind of real. Like, he was fighting. He was getting beat down, but he kept coming back. He kept kind of struggling to find out what's going on with the Riddler in this case. And I just thought he had a really good performance. He portrayed it well. I don't know how well he will do the Bruce Wayne portion if he's Mm -hmm. in for these future films where, you know, you're that playboy that everybody wants to hang out with and everybody loves you. That might be a little bit more of a stretch for for Robert, but playing emo Batman, I think he knocked it out of the park. Yeah, it didn't seem like he had to push himself too far, maybe to get into that kind of mindset. Um, you know, when I talked to my dad and sister about their thoughts, you know, my dad grew up on the show um, with Wes and everything, and he didn't like at all that he wasn't this kind of jacked, you know, kind of like strong guy. He's like, Robert Pattinson looks like someone that I could slap if we got into a fight. Like, he just didn't have that kind of superhero feel to him that he felt even Ben Affleck just being a kind of a stockier guy had even. Has your dad seen the Adam West Batman? Yeah. His dad bod Batman. Like, come on. (laughs) He just felt like, you know, he didn't really fit the build of what Batman should be this, you know, human being with no powers, and he should kind of have this, like, strong role, even though he, you know, had his fight scenes. Um, For me... I I liked his performance. I can't say like, you know, even the Christian Bale films, you know, you weren't having a lot of Bruce Wayne. And when you did, that version of Bruce Wayne was also not interested in the company, right? He had, a, I think in the second movie, he's um, firing his board because he realized it's corrupt and all mm-hmm. this stuff. Like he also had this kind of, I'm not interested in the legacy of the Waynes. And I just want to like, you know, get into this Batman vigilante role. But... But those movies, um, he knows that, hey, I need to keep up appearances as Bruce Wayne to keep the identity a secret because I need to to keep this front in order to keep doing the Batman thing. And this version with Robert Pattinson, he's not there yet. He doesn't have the experience or the maturity to understand 
he needs to be two completely different people to make this work long term Mm -hmm. and to keep his family legacy intact, which is what he was kind of worried about most of the film. But at this point, he's still kind of dealing with it mentally. The parents are gone. What do I do? I have this new, you know, hobby where I go around beating up criminals and I think I'm doing something good. Why do I need to worry about anything else? Yeah. It's, it's, uh, I like the take on it and I like Alfred's piece where he's kind of pushing him a little bit like, hey, dude, take a shower. We have a meeting. You can't miss this meeting. It's with the accountants. I've also heard some feedback on the Alfred situation, feeling like, you know, he was just a total asshole to Alfred the whole movie. But Alfred I, almost died and he went to the hospital and was sure just like, Alfred, did. you freaking lied to me. Yes. Yeah. Rude. Um, yeah. I just, I guess my piece on that is just. In the mo, if you take out the moments where he's being the Batman, right? He has the mask on. He's mm-hmm. portraying this deep voice, and he's trying to figure out the next step. That was all fine, but I'm interested in like what's the inner workings of him outside of that? And there was not really a lot of that. And what makes the Christian Bale film so great is that I mean, even to the point of the third film, he's done. He's out. He's, you know, he's hiding in his mansion. He wants nothing to do with it and then kind of gets pulled in from Bane and all the events going on. I just, like, for him as Batman, like, he was in the costume the majority of the time. Like, what can I say about his performance? I don't know that I can say a lot about his performance. See, I disagree. For most of the film. Not all, but most. See, I disagree because I think the purpose of the film was to show that he has not gotten to a point where he can compartmentalize Batman and Bruce Wayne. So if he is doing Batman, he is just Batman. Mm -hmm. Like, even when he was out at the funeral, he was really awkward, didn't want to talk to anybody, was just kind of staring off at people. Yeah, it was like Batman without the suit. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And he had the makeup around the eyes most of the time, especially when he was in the house, which, by the way... Nice touch to actually show that instead of just him taking off the mask yes, and they're not yeah. being makeup when we all know there's black under yes, the mask. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was a nice little little touch. But I think for what the director was asking from him in this movie, I thought it was kind of perfect. Because yeah. he is still young. He's still kind of trying to figure out when do I need to be Bruce Wayne and when do I need to be Batman? He is right now in this setting Batman 100% of the time, even when he's not in the costume. I think for me, it's going to take a second film, which to me feels inevitable. I know there's some talk about an HBO TV series as well, um, possibly down the line. For me, it's going to take that next step because this is an introduction. You know, this is to set the stage for this Batman, for what he's struggling with, for what he's interested in doing. You know, when he says, I'm not even sure I'm doing anything. Like, he's taking down these notes and he's saying is this working? You know, like what's this, you know, five, 10 year plan I have, like, you know, and I like that they mention in me in a film that he can't be everywhere. Yeah. You know, I feel like a lot of time in the movies or the comics cartoons, you just assume Batman like has a list of 10 people that are going to do crime that night and he hits everyone. I like that they show the different crimes in Gotham and you know what? Listen, he saves the gang, you know, the gang jumping the guy at the train station, but guess what? There might be a jewelry thief or a hold up mm-hmm. or, you know, et cetera happening that he doesn't get to that happens. You know, like he has, he can't be everywhere. He is only one person, even though he's his presence where even people doing crime and he doesn't show up, they're afraid that he's going to. And that's another point I want to make about the Gotham of it all. To me, that was the starring element of the film because it was good. It was, it portrayed Gotham so 
with so much interest, you know, like how the crime works, how the politics work, the city streets. Like I felt like I have a map of Gotham from watching the film. Like it's important to know where Batman is to talk about like what he's going through, the struggle he is and, and the villains and what, you know, Gotham is continuously bringing up these terrible villains and it's corrupt from its politics. And that's why Arkham is so terrible. And you get the, you get the Joker, you know, like, all of that filters into these villains. And so, yeah, I just love the portrayal of Gotham, I got to say. And I think that's why the movie had to be close to three hours. You need yes. to really build the environment around Batman to give you some reason. How did he get to this point? Why is it such a struggle? And where does he go from here, right? And like you said, it opens up the film with a voiceover of him talking about, they put my signal up in the air and it puts fear into the hearts of all of these criminals. And then by the end of the movie, he has kind of softened, right? And it's like, maybe it's not fear that I need to admit. Maybe it's hope for everybody else to get out of this thing. So he has kind of had, at the end of the film, a bit of a transition where he's not just out to get the bad guys, but he's out to provide some type of hope for everybody else in that Yes, he's city. he's he's beginning to see the results. He's mm -hmm. beginning to see how his influence has affected Gotham in maybe the two years he wasn't seeing that. Um, let's talk about Catwoman. Let's talk about Zoe Kravitz. What do you think? Oh my gosh. I can't even talk right now. <laughs> well, Gush, yeah. Gushness, I, goodness. I agree. <laughs> I'm right there with you. Uh, uh Zoe yeah. Kravitz. Woo. Yeah, that's uh Oh, yeah, you could take it over, Kayla. I, just... I feel like uh, Elmer Fudd right now. Um, yeah, phenomenal. An interesting introduction, I'll say, to Catwoman. I mean, from my point of reference, before seeing some of the older films, I just knew Anne Hathaway's kind of introduction. Um, I thought she did really good. I, I, You know, a lot of people are talking about the chemistry between Robert Pattinson and Zoe Kravitz. What did you think? I thought they had insane chemistry. Even the first kind of scene where they interacted as Batman and Catwoman when she's trying to take the passport back from um, from the mayor's yeah. house there. And they are like kind of wrestling, play fighting, and he picks her up and throws her kind of on the table. It's kind of a, a sexual yes. feeling to it. Like it's you can cut that tension with a knife, but then Robert Pattinson's got no game. You know, Batman's yeah. got no game in this movie. He's not the playboy Bruce Wayne. He's just like, oh, okay, let's just yes. go with this thing. And she is definitely kind of leading that. But I thought their chemistry was very good. Yeah, I. Uh, it was great. I think I wanted more. And anytime a movie's leaving you with like, is that all I'm going to get? Like, yeah. I just, I, I mean, I wanted them, you know, one, one sidekick to the chest later and then they're, you know, in bed. Like I was just ready for that. Didn't get it. Um, but yeah, it was, it was great chemistry. And what was interesting was just one, her introduction, but two kind of that, you know, she's working with him, right? At first she's a tool to him. Mm -hmm. Like I can use her to get, you know, to my next goal. Um, and then it becomes this, like, I'm not going to do what you say. And, like, I still want to help. And he it's a, this battle he has with her, which I always liked in the Catwoman-Batman saga of, like, will they, won't they? And, you know, I know in some comic iterations they get married and have a kid. And it just, I like that dynamic. It's hard to create. And because she's not all, quote, unquote, good, right? 
Um, well, that's what, yeah, like you said, that's why it's a perfect pairing. Yeah. He is kind of this, uh, he is all about kind of being lawful, right? Mm -hmm. And she is like, I need, I'm going to get the stuff done that I need to get done to help me and the people I care about. I don't really care how I get there. If I have to hurt somebody, that's fine. If I have to steal something, that's fine because I don't care about the greater good. I care about the good for me and the people I'm close with. When when she says that line, when he's when he's like, "Don't you know, throw your life away," this, and she's like, "I have nine lives," and just pieces out. I was like, "Yes." I mean, when she when she's like determined to find, um, was it the penguin at the end? Um, and she finds them. Like, there's no workup of like she's struggling to find her own like how to find these people. No, she just makes it happen because she's good at what she does. Like, she doesn't need. Batman. She wants Batman. She wants to work with him. She wants, wants him. You know, yeah, like... Yeah, she does. Yeah, she does. You know, and so I like that. There's just... That's attractive to me. It's just watching, like, people who don't... Who want each other and don't necessarily need each other. And that dynamic brings out interesting things in Batman and in Catwoman, I think. I love how she called him out and was just like, well, you clearly came from money or whatever yes, the line yes. was. Yep. It's like, clearly you haven't had to steal for yourself to survive. You came from money. Like, I have to do this to survive. Right. Yeah, it's fascinating. Um, the Riddler. What do you think about this take on the Riddler? So, again, uh, love realism. So, I like that fact about it. Uh, Paul Dano is... You know, a lot of people are praising him. I thought he played the Riddler well. I'm kind of indifferent on him, though. I'm not a big fan of his. He he seems to kind of overact a lot to me, especially in that end scene. Um, I like the Riddler as a character. I think he's probably my favorite villain. Wow. A lot of people are probably Joker, but the Riddler, it's a game to him. Everything's a game to him. Even in the comics and the old movies, it's hey, I'm going to basically use you to further my game and show you that I'm smarter than you or get you to do these things just because I can. And it really showed kind of his intelligence, how he can manipulate the Batman to get him to do what he wants. And then at the end, when he is like, oh, man, we did this together. This is a amazing, you know. And then uh, Batman doesn't even realize the final clue. And he's like, wow. Maybe you're not as smart as I thought you were. Like, what the hell, man? It's... Or when you think he's figured out who Batman is and it surprises you. you know? Yeah, which is kind of the inverse of that because he's like, wow, Batman, you're not as smart as I thought you were. And then he keeps talking about Bruce Wayne, like, Bruce Wayne, Bruce Wayne. And then it's like, oh, too bad I couldn't kill him. And Batman's internally got to be thinking, well, maybe you're not as smart as I thought you were. However, I have heard different people talking where they think that was just a ploy by the Riddler and he actually does know that he is Bruce Wayne. I didn't take it that way. I thought he really wasn't sure. And maybe down the line in future movies, it'll come to light. But what was your take on that? I didn't get that from, okay. from the moment. In fact, I... I mean, actually, in the moment they were watching the film, I did go, he's playing with them. It was afterwards that I felt like, you know, having seen when he got caught and yeah. when he's talking to maybe the Joker, maybe not, um, that I felt like, no, he didn't know. And that was just a close call. I, the Riddler is a character to me that is dated in its like originality of how are you going to make this comic guy with the green question marks on yeah. his jacket who, who messes with Batman with riddles. It's hard to make like 
a 2000s, you know, kind of idea of that. And I thought the way they did it is similar to how they did the Joker, right? Who in the Dark Knight series that was kind of just this like crazy, insane person who's kind of has modern things, you know, like he's laughing, he's making these jokes, but it's, it feels current. It feels like a current, like homicidal person. And he's got a discord channel or a Twitch channel or whatever it was. Yeah. And I felt like, yes, you made the Riddler for the now times that, that makes sense than this kind of goofy version that we often see in the film. So I'm not a huge Paul Dano fan either. Mm. Um, I did like his film, Love and Mercy, the Brian Wilson biopic, but that was it. He was super creepy, good, but super creepy in Prisoners. Have you ever seen that? No, is that that's the one with uh, Jake, Jake Gyllenhaal, Gyllenhaal and Hugh Jackman? Yeah, it is a really good movie. It's a a real tough watch. It's just like you just want to rip your heart out the entire time. He was, and he is haunting in it. Ugh. He was also in that really goofy movie, Swiss Army, whatever. Don't even where know what they that is. <laughs> the uh, Daniel Radcliffe, Harry Potter, in the films, like plays a dead guy, and he like hangs out with him as a dead guy in the island. Ups, truly absurd movie. Um, yeah, so I thought it was a great updated take, no issues, and I kind of like that he was covered in a mask because he's kind of goofy. Yeah. You know? And I like the mask wasn't... I was really fearful that they were going to do the bright green freaking question mark yes. thing, like the just crazy thing they did in uh, uh, <laughs> the one with Jim Carrey back in the day. Yes, yeah. Uh, the I think hair. that was... Uh, Huh? And the red hair. Yeah, and the red hair. That was Batman Forever, which was still way better than Batman and Robin, but I digress. <laughs> I, I thought he, he uh, the take on it was good. I'll be interested to see how they incorporate Arkham. Um, I've heard that they have already greenlit a kind of mini-verse for Batman mm-hmm. that's going to have the, the Penguin has hit, have his own series with Colin uh, Farrell, who, by the way crushed it as penguin and was unnoticeable well you don't agree you gave me an eye roll um yeah it was a good penguin you know i didn't think it was a great penguin really yeah. what, what was your issue with it he didn't have a lot of scenes but i thought he stole like every scene he was in he wasn't i will say like the make effects is really good i mean there's a whole other discussion about you know who should play what type of characters and, and actors in fat suits and all of that. But I just thought, I guess in the opposite way, I'm talking about the Riddler is kind of how I like the penguin, which is kind of this like you stocky. You want the cartoony one? Yeah. Like in the sewers. Yeah. You know, even the makeup like felt a little cartoony ish to me in the face. Like I felt very, and I, I do want a little bit cause that's what makes the penguin. I don't know if you ever watched the show, the Batman show that was on. Um, I forget what oh, channel, yeah. like young Your Batman Gotham. growing yep. up. Yeah. I thought those actors did like a really good job, like showing young versions of the villains too. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I did kind of want that version of the penguin that maybe like the gangster that he is in this film. I do like how real it is in his connections and that he understands he needs to work with penguin slash against penguin to get to the next guy, you know, like Batman can't lock up every person, you know? So I, did, I liked it. I didn't love it. I, well, I did love when uh, he basically solved the clue for them at the end. It was just like, do you guys not even know yeah. Spanish? Like, figure it out, guys. Yes. And I do like that Batman didn't take forever to figure out the riddles. Like, he was kind of, it shows kind of his intellect, yeah. you know? Like, he was able to work them out. And I like the cards that kept getting discovered, too, to Batman. Like, I thought that was interesting. Um, 
Would we change anything about it? Is there anything that you felt like? I would have had more drama with Catwoman and Batman. I I would have liked a little more interactions, a little more Catwoman, maybe despite herself, finds herself linked, like staring a little longer. But you know mm-hmm. how I love a silent emotion. Oh, yes. You know, or a little like Batman, like didn't really get it. Like she was emoting more. And obviously she feels more free to do that than him. But he was very stiff. And like even when they kiss, like I'm just like, I want a little like Batman loses losing his cool in the way that Catwoman was so emotional, like wanting to kill the person and mm-hmm. listening to him or or just pushing him, you know? I want a little more like Batman is losing a little control with her. I think they they know there's gonna be kind of um multiple movies and yeah. there's gonna be a world around it. So I wonder if they're trying to just give you a bit of a taste of these different things so that they can spin these off. Mm-hmm. Because I also heard there might be a spinoff just based in Arkham. So just a whole show that's Arkham-based. So they give you a little kind of hint there towards the end of the movie that probably Joker that sounded and looked a little funny next to a... At first I thought it was Two-Face, and then I realized, like, you know, with the insane laughter. Well, the constant laughter, yeah. Right. Yeah, so that might be kind of an interesting spinoff. They obviously have the... uh, the Selena Kyle offshoot, the Catwoman offshoot, where she leaves and goes to. Uh, I I'm ready for that movie yesterday. I or a series. <laughs> yes. Like, give me as much of it as you can. <laughs> yes. I don't. I don't care if it's just her sitting in her her room watching Netflix. And it's the only time I would watch Batman. someone with a bunch of cats around them. Just saying. And I love that they did not make her become this Catwoman because of some crazy thing. Like one of the old movies, I think it was the Michelle Pfeiffer one. She gets She like dies and gets revived and yes, by cats yes. and starts drinking milk. And you're like, what the They did have a milk drinking they did. scene. They did. Uh, they did throw that Somehow in, they made it sexy. I don't know how drinking milk, not usually, but that's Zoe Kravitz for you. Yeah, she, uh, she crushed it. I did like kind of that adaptation of the character. It keeps Batman on his toes. And I'm sure there'll be some type of, um, you know, cross promotion from another series or another movie with Catwoman. They can't see the reaction from this one and not cast Zoe Kravitz in it again unless she completely says she doesn't want to. The only thing that concerns me is that it is DC doing these films and they notoriously drop the ball on the things that make things great. So I really hope they listen to the audience and we don't have another Wonder Woman situation where the first film is great and then you just tarnish it with everything bad the second film. So I hope not, but honestly, history makes me a little worried just saying. Well, they need to, if they do another movie, it's got to be Matt Reeves. You yes, can't go with yes. this aesthetic, this feel of Gotham and switch to a different director because I don't think they're going to be able to handle it in the same way. And I listened to an interview with him and he said he's basically down for exactly that. It's nice. a rich world and he's kind of known for being a genre director. And what I liked about it is that he's like, do you want to do the genre? Like, is that things you're into? Like the Cloverfield, who's also directed and wrote... Um, you know, is that what you like? And he's like, I thought I was going to be someone that did these um, kind of artsy films and like dramas and stuff. And he realized like through genre films, like monster films, Batman, he can have that through yeah. the film. And that's what I love about films. They don't have to be this like, you know, superhero films get such a bad rap as just like, you know, explosions. and But it's like, no, there's so much emotion to it. There's so much character depth. You can work through things in your life through these films if they're done right. They yep. don't have to just be explosions and, you know, a Michael Bay film. Completely agree. 
but they obviously have to get a uh, a freaking Batmobile yes. scene in there. Yes, the, which was great. That was amazing. And you have freaking Penguin like, yes, you bastard, gotcha. And then he comes flying through the fire. And I'm like, ah, oh, this is great. That just had me in my Fast and Furious feels, just got to say. Oh, I bet. I would love to see Dominic Toretto and oh, uh, Batman Batman. Here. Just saying, Mia Familia, okay? Um, so, yeah, I think I've already answered. We're definitely down for a sequel or any TV shows that stem from this. Uh, yeah, I think I would have liked in this movie, um, just on things I wish I saw more of, is more of that Bruce Wayne type or maybe that Batman slash Bruce Wayne where he's in the Batcave, where he's kind of doing the journaling or looking back on the uh, the film that he has in his weird contacts where he can see everything or developing the Batcave. You know, I mm-hmm. thought it's still a pretty early raw one, like we said, a year or two into doing this, but the Batcave wasn't anything super exciting. There no, wasn't I mean, a lot of... he did of... have his own tunnel True. To... Yeah, it was like an old freaking railroad tunnel that he hollowed out, right? But there wasn't a lot of high-tech stuff. It wasn't anything really crazy besides the um, the contacts. His car was like a souped-up car, but it wasn't like a crazy Batmobile like we've seen in the past. Um, His motorcycle was a typical motorcycle, nothing crazy like the ones in the the, uh, Christian Bale movies. You know, maybe he starts developing that in the next movie, then you see kind of a progression of mm-hmm. his fun kind of toys to play with. But I liked how it was kind of stripped down in this one, besides his bad suit. Yes. I mean, that was freaking When he what? took like, the bat off his chest and that's what he uses to cut through things, that yeah. was great. Yeah, that was amazing. And I don't know how the bad suit like takes shotguns from close range. Yeah. Like that Oops. seemed a little ridiculous with the amount of bullets that were popping off him but if you paid attention throughout the film it had wear and tear on it right like you know i think part of the bat at one point may have gotten chipped uh yes. there were like holes in the um the suit from being shot it never got through to him but it shows that hey this is something that uh he constantly has to keep repairing and working at yes a hundred percent now let's let's rate out of our vhs tapes this film um i'll go first I'm going to give this four out of six VHS tapes. Kayla, you just don't understand how to rate movies. I battled between a five, and it was five for the longest. But I And maybe going back to see this film, it'll go up to a five, but it's a four for me, dog. Easy five. Mm -hmm. There were times it could have been a six, but five. Okay. I'm going to go solid five. I'm excited. I'm excited for the series again. And, you know, I think it ended perfectly with the start of this new series where you literally have Batman leading pedestrians out of the darkness into safety with a flare. He's leading us back into the openness. He's leading the franchise back. Let's go, Robert Pattinson. Yeah, let's go. Sorry, Ben Affleck. And can I just say I did love the ending when they're just riding side by side with each other, knowing that they're going to separate and then they're kind of trying to edge each other, who's going faster. You know, I do love that little cat play, if you will, before they separate. So. And the opening music and the ending music, Nirvana. Oh, we didn't even, the soundtrack, uh, that's 10 out of 10. I yeah. mean, phenomenal. Something in the way is a perfect choice for the opening and ending of that movie. The TikToks are hilarious with that. Just oh, like I people crying in yet. their car as it plays, <laughs> or staring out the window. <laughs> yeah, it's great. So... That being said, how about we rate some Batmans? Okay, so now we have discussed the Batman. So now let's rank... The Batmen. 
or the Batmans. Yeah. Which is it? Mm, I don't know. Both. We'll use them interchangeably. So we'll just go with the the major films here. None of the kind of Legos or any of that type of stuff. So my seventh Batman is going to be Adam West. Okay. Because I don't like the whole campy version. It's it's fine. It's fun to look back on, but give me some of the the recent stuff. Okay. Um, I have Adam West just slightly a little higher, but my last one is going to be Val Kilmer for last because I've not seen, I think, even a clip of him. You haven't seen anything, any of the uh, No, Batman? I feel like I've seen a photo, but I have not watched his film. I know he only had the one. I do like Val Kilmer in general, but... He was the the Riddler one. He since was Batman have, Forever. Since I a, have no data, I'm going to have to put him as number seven. Batman Forever, pretty solid movie. Yeah, Tommy Lee Jones as Harvey Dent. Jim Carrey as the Riddler. You know, don't overlook that one. You know, when I watch it, it may change. But for now, he's number seven. Okay, I can't say much because my number six is Ben Affleck since uh, I have not seen any of the movies with him in it. <laughs> okay, we're doing great in our Batman uh, discussion. Yep. My six is going to be Adam West. Because, first of all, it donned the best Batman jingle that even if you had not watched a Batman song, you know, the da na 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 Batman. That's a good so, point. That's great. Um, you know, great moments in SpongeBob stemming from the early Adam West, Batman and Robin, um, Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy, of course. I mean, it has some things that grew from it and something about them climbing walls and it's just so badly acted. I mean, when they're shooting, it's like, kapow! And they're like going down on the yeah. ground. Hilarious. So there's there's an enjoyment. Sometimes things are so old, they're just funny because of it. And that's that's why he's in my number six. All right. My number five is George Clooney, the one, the only George. He was in the worst one in the series, Batman and Robin. I think it was the bat suit with the nipples that everybody kind of criticized because it had very pronounced <laughs> nipples in the bat suit. It's just, that was the whole, uh, I think it was Joel Shoemaker was the director, and that's where it went downhill a little bit for a few years, so. We have the same number five. George Clooney is sitting pretty at my five. I just think of all the Batmans, you could easily forget that George Clooney is Batman. True. Unless you're there to make fun of him, so, yeah. All right, my number four, Val Kilmer. Not okay. much else to say here. I thought he was a solid Batman, only the one film. But the top three are the top three. They can't be touched. Okay, okay. Ben Affleck's going to be my number four. Oh, wait. Yeah. Um, I was I was about to repeat George Clooney. That's how oh. bad he was. About to give him another spot. Um, <laughs> you know, Ben Affleck, people really shit on him, but I enjoyed the moments that we had him. I mean, Batman Superman is pretty much an unforgivable film that um, burned my eyes watching it. Um but I just feel like he didn't get his due. I just feel like that was part of the material that he was given. I think Ben Affleck is an angsty, dark person, and so mm-hmm. I feel like he's easily fits into Batman. And I liked his dynamic with the other Justice Leaguers. Um, but on this rich list, I got to put him somewhere, and he's going to be number four for me. All right. My number three, I think this is where it starts to get a little controversial on my end. Michael Keaton. The original kind of remake of the Batman franchise back with Tim Burton in the late 80s, early 90s. I thought he was a great Batman. Uh, the first movie with, uh, was it Jack uh, Jack Nicholson, was pretty solid, especially for kind of a reboot of the franchise. But my top two, 
I'm sorry, they can't be touched. Michael Keaton slid down to number three. Okay. Um, yeah, this is definitely going to be controversial between us because my number three is going to be Robert Pattinson. And I do believe that this may change with future films. But for yeah. me, I've had more time with my other two. And so, and I just like those portrayal. I don't think I got enough Batman of Batman, of the Batman. So he's my number three. Sorry, Robert. Love right. you, Edward. Team Edward. <laughs> so my number two is Christian Bale. Whoa. I can't. Yeah. I'm stunned right now. So Christian Bale, a great Batman, a great Bruce Wayne. He was a phenomenal Bruce Wayne. He played that part to perfection, I thought. I don't think he played Batman as well as my number one. But he crushed Bruce Wayne. This, if this was a best Bruce Wayne, then Christian Bale is probably number one. But if it's a best Batman, he's got to be my number two. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, just trying to wrap my head around what you just said. My number two is going to be Michael Keaton. Fair. I was late in the game on the Batman Begins trilogy, and... I loved it from the get-go as far as, I mean, obviously they're older films, so some of the effects are kind of silly now. Uh, but I just liked his, you know, even in the beginning when he's catching the journalists, like in his kind of trophy room and they're making fun of him and he creeps up behind them like, oh, hey, and they're scared, nervous. Like, I liked his Bruce Wayne, who was like this kind of savvy, funny, like I liked his Batman. I liked how he carried himself mm -hmm. and... I really enjoyed them. It was fun to look at them now, and I just felt like he was a really good Batman. I understand why people love him. All right. Well, that leaves me the number one drum roll, please. Hmm. Robert Pattinson. He's your number one. He is the Batman. It's in the title. Okay, yeah. He's the Semantics. Batman. And like I said with Christian Bale, there's a difference between Bruce Wayne and Batman. If this was the best Bruce Wayne, Robert Pattinson's last. Best Batman? Put him up at the top. I'd like to see the raw, the immature, hasn't quite figured it out. He's still out there fighting. Batman. Let's the go. Batman. Let's go. <laughs> okay. Obviously, that leaves Christian Bale as my number one. When those films came out, I just love them. Um, they're just phenomenal. I it, It's hard. It's going to be hard to top that series for me. One, it revived the Batman interest in me and almost started it. Um and I just thought his portrayal was so interesting. It really was a lot on the inner workings of him. And probably the last film, The Dark Knight Rises, is my favorite. And I know what? The Dark Knight is phenomenal. I just thought it was, I just loved Bane. I loved Anne Hathaway's Catwoman. I loved like him just wanting to be out of the game and then coming back. Yeah. Don't That's the a, worst of that trilogy. That is not that is not known to be the worst of the trilogy. Yes, fact, it is. People constantly talk about how they thought. They couldn't have another film after The Dark Knight, and then how the other film was just as good. What? No, Batman Begins is better than The Dark Knight Rises. Mark no, it down. no, no. Disagree. Disagree. Also, really, you couldn't keep the same actress to play uh, Rachel between Batman Begins and The Dark Knight? There's a lot of time between, so just oh. saying. Ooh. Wow. Okay. But it's, it's the same character, though. But it's two different Listen, actresses. This happens, okay? Okay. Anyway. It happens, all right? So yeah, that's Fine. our list. That's our rankings. Some similarities, some vast differences. But we got through it. And now our Swarly of the Week. Uh, who wants to go first? Uh, I can go first. Okay. So my Swarly of the Week is Rivian Automotive. 
sure everybody's familiar. Uh, they are an electric car company specializing in trucks and SUVs. So a few weeks ago, due to inflation and increasing prices in just today's world, they increased the cost of their flagship uh, truck by about 20%. So they jacked the price up 12 grand or so to make the truck about $80,000 total. Okay, whatever it happens, you know, when people have to increase prices in order to make sure they're not losing money. The problem is they also raise those prices on people that have already ordered the truck but haven't had it delivered yet. Stop. But yeah. is that how is that legal? Yeah, they retroactively were like, well, you haven't received it yet, so it's not a final purchase, so we've increased the price to My now. jaws dropped. So people were pissed, understandably so, because 20% increase, and that's 12 grand. That's a big amount of money. agree to pay something, and it's just being delivered to you. That's insane. Yeah. So they received some crazy outrage. They uh, Their CEO was on a call with uh, investors and shareholders, I believe, and or maybe it was a, a news interview where he was just like, yeah, well, like it takes more money to make these now. So we literally are going to lose money on the ones that we already sold but haven't delivered yet. But they heard the outcries and Good. just last week reversed the increase on the cars that were ordered before it went into effect. I don't know why that has to be a thing. Like, what a skeevy move to try that to do that. That is terrible. But at least they reversed it now. If you're going to buy a new one, probably uh, just keep that in mind <laughs> that they're a lot more expensive today than they were a month ago. But just complete kind of swirly move. Like, hey, nobody will notice. We'll just raise the prices. Yeah, there's not going to have an epic explosion of upset people. Yeah. Exactly. Just, I'd be so upset if I was one of those people. That, oh, yeah. You cancel your yeah. order immediately. Oh, yeah. It's like you have to eat that if you're the company. And their stock price took a tumble because that's pretty bad PR. Yeah. I mean, that'd be one of those things where I wouldn't want it anymore knowing how they deal with things, you know? A hundred percent. Okay. My swirly of the week is going to be Jane Campion, who arguably is a front runner or best director in the Oscars for her comment she made um, accepting her award um, the other day. So she, this is what she says. I'm going to quote her Serena and Venus. And so she calls them out. Of course the camera person, uh, great job for five out of five stars. Um, make sure to pan the camera to Venus. Uh, so she goes Serena and Venus as she's up there with her award. You are such marvels. However, you don't play against the guys like I have to. And the, <gasps> and then does this like laugh that just becomes sinister with her comment that she made. If you see Serena, she's like just like applauding. But if you see Venus, it's this frozen plastered smile of the comment. It was trending everywhere. Her comments. What award show? It was a Critics' Choice Award. She won, and yeah. So it just—I mean—you got to look for the meme for Venus's face because she's just like stunned. Obviously, Twitter, online, everyone's giving her backlash. That they're two of the greatest female athletes in the history of humankind. She's a good director. She's not even the best. Get out of here. Oh yeah, I mean it was it was white feminism at its, at its finest. It was it was the oppression Olympics to which you don't win, Jane. Damn it! Like yeah. you know, my struggle is not your struggle. What? 
Obviously, with some time lapsing, she did apologize. She said, I made a thoughtless comment equating what I do in the film world with all that Serena Williams and Venus Williams have achieved. I did not intend to devalue these two legendary black women and world-class athletes. The fact is that the Williams sisters have actually squared off against men on the court and off, and they have both raised the bar and opened doors for what is possible for women in this world. The last thing I would (laughs) ever want to do is minimize remarkable women. Sounds like a woman... Beep. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Sounds like a woman who's realizing that her Oscar uh, dreams may shatter before her before award season. Because she made a stupid comment. It wow. was just such a like, I, I I have to hope that she didn't even have the hindsight to write it down before she said a comment like that and thought thought it would go well. So Jane came, I mean, obviously I was rooting for you. It soured me a little bit like... What are you doing? So I'm and, glad she apologized. It wasn't like doubling down on it, but and though for those of the listeners that don't know directors by their name, she directed Power of the Dog, which arguably again she is a front runner to win yep. best director. And yeah, it just was such a stupid comment in the height of an important award season. And I just like at what point? Why do you think even mentioning a comment like that was the right idea? So total swarly. It was like she was getting all this buzz, <laughs> and then everyone was talking about her for the wrong reasons. Yeah, I think in this case, uh, any PR is bad PR for her. Yes, yeah, maybe just keep it quiet until the <laughs> Oscars, and maybe keep your acceptance speech short. Or shout out the Williams sisters. How about that? <laughs> there you go. So, yeah, if you were to win. So, yeah, that's my story of the week. Let's get to our friendship question of the week, which is, what is your earliest memory? So, my earliest memory besides, Yesterday, you know, what you have for breakfast? Being, yeah, <laughs> I was 28 years old. It was a good Tuesday afternoon. Um, as I was telling Kayla kind of before the pod here today, I sometimes get confused, and maybe this is just how my brain works, on if these are real memories or if I just, like, am remembering something that didn't really happen or is a dream. But this one definitely happened. So I'll go with this. It was kindergarten. I vividly remember fighting with another kid, not like fist fighting, but fighting over a toy that I am pretty sure was a Batman toy which kind of fits for this podcast, but we were fighting over the toy. And if I remember correctly, the teacher took it from both of us and put us both in timeout. I was like, that's bullshit. I had it first. He tried to take it from me. Rude. So I I think I won in the long haul. I'm doing a podcast on the Batman. So I win. Yeah, you win. There's just no competition there. I don't even remember the kid's name. So that's how much. Wow. Not even worth remembering. So there you go. (laughs) Um, My earliest memory is when I was probably around four and lived in Maryland, we lived in like a cul-de-sac and like a military base when my dad was in the army. And there were these mattresses kind of left at the curb. Um, cause it was kind of like a winding. So like all the houses were near each other. Yeah. And, uh, I just remember like jumping on these mattresses and just having a blast with like the neighborhood kids and yeah, good times. Okay. Simple, simple life, you nice know, jumping simple. on some mattresses, all Back right? before Which bills now I worry, like, how clean were those mattresses? But at four years old, I wasn't worried about that, you know? You shouldn't be worried about anything at Oh, four. yeah, yeah, So, yeah, that's it for this week. Uh, don't forget, I am Vengeance, and we'll see you next week. Well, that's it for this episode of Wrong Opinions Only. Please follow us on Instagram at Wrong Opinions Only and on Twitter at Wrong Opinions JK, where we'll be dropping some clues and hints to upcoming episodes. Until then, JK out.